Hello and welcome to the Coffee and Book Podcast. I'm your host, Scott. Today we're going to talk about a really good book I just finished in one day. It's called Trader Universities, A Beginner's Guide to the Stock Market by Matthew R. Crater. Matthew R. Crater is the founder of www.trader.university, where he shares the best trading strategies and investment techniques used by professional traders. He has more than 20 years of investing experience, including working at multiple hedge funds. This book basically covers how to learn to make money in the stock market, even if you've never traded before, and it explains why the stock market is the greatest opportunity machine ever created. It's ready to give you a piece of it if you're willing to, and this book will even teach you everything that you need to start making money in the stock market today. If you join the thousands of smart traders and investors who've profited from this ultimate guide, uh, this might be a good starting tool to enter the stock market. Now, where do I come in with my experience in the stock market? I am not a professional. I am not somebody who's a financial advisor. So I'm going to start that off right now and say that this has all just been based on my experiences. And this is talking about the market as of today. Uh, today is going to be different than maybe when you listen to this podcast tomorrow. It could be a completely different world. So just keep that in mind. Uh, my experience has been with Robinhood, which we're going to talk about the pros and cons of that. Uh, Robinhood being a brokerage or company that lets you actively trade your uh, products uh, or aka buy stocks and sell stocks. Uh, but why don't we need to talk a little bit first about what the heck a stock is and what you can do with it. So number one, if you're new to stocks, stocks are basically a share of a company that a company basically gets to sell to the public in order to raise funds or capital. Uh, you know, the public will come forward and you can buy a piece and become a, a partial owner of a company. Um, and this could be any company that's listed publicly, uh, such as, you know, companies like Walmart, Nike, you know, Google, you know, tech companies, pharmaceutical companies, food companies, you know, you name it. And if it's just about anywhere in the world, it's listed on the stock exchange, you can pretty much buy it. Now, Let's get down to that. So what does that mean? When you buy something, there's different ways of making money off of it. Basically, what you're doing is you're owning a piece of that company. So if I were to buy all of the shares of a company, I would become the full 100% owner of it. And that would be very fortunate if you could do such a thing. But, you know, you'd have to basically be someone like Warren Buffett in order to do that. Now, uh, having said that, there, like I said, there's multiple ways of making money. But the first and most common way of making money on a stock market is basically a long-term investment. You buy something when it's at a lower price, and then the stock value goes up over time, and you sell it for a tidy profit. And that profit comes back to you. Another way you can make money off of it is the dividend, which is basically every quarter, so every three or four months, you would get a, a dividend paycheck. Uh, you know, which is about equivalent and it varies, but you know, let's just say it's roughly 2% of, you know, whatever share value of a stock you have, that dividend is sometimes reinvested um, or it can come back to you in cash, depending on what you'd like. But I typically would recommend reinvesting it in the stock. So sometimes over time, if you buy enough shares of a stock, the dividend will pay out and you'll be able to buy another share of that stock. Uh, which is pretty cool. It's like adding on a completely free share to your already growing portfolio. All right. So you got the basics of what a stock is. Now, why do you want to buy and sell stock? Well, 
like I said, to make a profit. But, you know, like I said, could I buy it and sell it right now? Like in the same day or in the same week? Do I have to wait a long time, like being many years? The short answer is no, you don't. But the market is something that goes up and down over time. And there's many, many factors that go into it. You know, for instance, the global economy is affecting everything. So you have, like I said, the war in the Ukraine, you know, where Russia is fighting Ukraine right now. That war is driving up the cost of fuel prices. So you're going to definitely see that the stock market all over the entire planet is affected by this because companies that need natural gas and resources that maybe Ukraine or Russia have are not getting them at the same price or it's harder for companies to get those products like natural gas. So as a result, companies need to charge more money for themselves to make a profit and it maybe makes the economy go down uh, you know, because it's more difficult you know, to invest or you know, the economy is in a downturn because it's harder to make a profit for companies. Uh, but this is actually the best possible time when to buy something. And I'll give you an example. So let's take the company Coca-Cola. You have a company, Coca-Cola. You know, they've been established for hundreds of years. Uh, we know Coca-Cola, uh, you know, very well as a product placement company, you know, that sells beverages. Uh, you know, they're extremely popular. They're not going anywhere. So they're pretty stable. Let's just say, for starters, that... We're going to use the 2008 financial crisis that happened. But you could even use the 1929 stock market crash, or you could even use the 1989 stock market crash. Uh, we're going to use that as an example today. The reason why that is the best possible time to buy. So say you have, before the market crashes, you have a Coke stock valued at $500. Stock crashes. You know, it's worth immediately less money. Now, if you've already bought shares of it, you're probably not very happy. But for somebody who's coming into the market, you're basically buying something at a discounted rate. So if Coke was, let's say, you know, all of a sudden worth $400 a share instead of $500, you are getting it for $100 cheaper. Now, that stock could go up over time, and you would basically be getting a profit again. But there's also the possibility that it goes down some more. So... You have to keep in mind, we don't have a way of exactly predicting the stock market. And anyone who does tell you that doesn't know what they're talking about. You know, we don't exactly know what's going to happen. You have all these analysts. You have people who study the stock market every day. You know, there's ups and downs. You know, there's when the economy is in a, like I said, you might have heard some of these terms like recession or depression. Uh, you know, there's different ways of the stock market when it's doing good and it's increasing. Um, so... What is an example of, let's say, a safer bet? I mean, it's not guaranteed, but let's say I wanted to, like I said, invest long-term in a company. Uh, I'll give you an example. Banks are a good example of a good fail-safe. The reason why I use that example is because you might have heard recently in the news that there's been the Silicon Valley Bank, which has gone out of business, which is a whole separate issue in itself, and this is not the podcast to discuss that, but what we're going to talk about is that the Silicon Valley Bank is a bank, the second largest bank to fail in the United States since 2008. So what, what happened? Well, the bank basically wasn't able to pay back its money that it owed. Uh, you know, and so basically banks take money that people invest in them when they open an account, and they reinvest it in other riskier projects, and sometimes it can lead to them, especially when the market is not doing well, to fail. Um, especially if they make very risky investments that do not produce 
uh, profits long term. You know, so like I said, there are things that are safer to earn a bank money, and there are things like you and me, which where we're going to invest and be safe about it as well. But with a bank, they're different. They have more um, things that they can invest in. And that's what happened is that basically the majority of their funds that were being invested in this bank, Silicon Valley Bank, uh, were invested abroad in other departments' areas. And with those riskier bets, when the economy is doing bad, they're not able to pay back their debts and they have to sell. And so basically the federal government bailed out in the United States, they bailed out the Silicon Valley Bank. They bought it. So why is that a safe thing? What I'm saying is that basically, uh, even though the bank you know, has failed, the U.S. government is not going to let that bank default. And the reason being is that that would be probably more detrimental to the economy. So the U.S. bank, or rather the U.S. economy becomes owner of that bank. And when that happens... Uh, you know, the U.S. has more control over it and the government has more control over it and decides what to do with it. But um, anyway, that's just a kind of a simple explanation is that when banks are doing really good, it's usually because the economy is running high and everything is going great. But even if a bank is doing bad and then let's say has trouble, like I said, at least here in the United States, there's the possibility of the bank at least being protected by basically being bought out by the U.S. government. So that is always something that's to look for. You don't want your bank to fail and you don't want, you know, things to happen. But at least there's the possibility of, at least in the United States, that, you know, the government can help pay and support, you know, a failing infrastructure like banking in that regard. Okay, now I'm kind of rambling and we're getting into a lot of different things here. So let's go back to the basics. So like I said, you can buy and sell over the long term or you can buy and sell in the short term. The reason why a stock market is hard to predict, especially if you're doing short-term or day trading, is that it can be very difficult uh, to predict, like I said. So a piece of news comes out in the world about, let's say, like I said, the financial um, instability of, like I said, that bank, and they're bought out and their shares tumble. But it affects more than that because their banks, you know, were invested in other projects and other loans and other riskier areas, like I said. So let's talk about that. Well, they might be invested in cryptocurrency. So you might have seen cryptocurrency also dipped when that was announced. You might see other different areas of the economy go down as well. But basically, for the most part, you'll see that when something bad happens in the news, the stock prices will go down. Um, and if something is good and the economy is doing really well, uh, for instance, uh, you know, you have somebody who lowers taxes as a president, the economy will usually increase and therefore everything goes up in value. So sometimes that's a possibility as well. But you can't always, of course, as people know, always continuously you know, take away taxes because then you will have no money to pay for the government. So taxes will always be increasing and decreasing just like the stock market. Okay. Now, having said all that, this book is about a hundred pages long and it covers, like I said, the basics of where to go and buy stocks, what a stock is. Uh, it covers the different types of investing, which we mentioned two of them. Um, there's other types of investing as well. Like for instance, you know, a short, you know, like where you might have heard recently in the news about GameStop, where a GameStop 
uh, is no longer considered profitable. So people short or predict that GameStop is going to go down in value and are able to sell the GameStop product for uh, a profit. And how are they able to do this? Well, if enough people buy into it and know that the product is going to go down in value, there will be like a rally, you know, a surge in the value of the price. And those people who sell it really quickly are usually left with a little bit of a profit. You know, so if everybody buys, let's say, GameStop and it goes up in value by like, you know, 10%, well, you just gain 10% of your value. But if you're the one who was the last to buy and the first to sell, you know, you're typically losing a lot of profit there. You know, sometimes it can be a very, very thin margin that happens very quickly. But some people, they do make money doing that. Um, you know, there's also margin calls. You know, margin calls basically being where you have a broker like E-Trade or you have somebody else, uh, you know, like, like I said, Robinhood or any of these other uh, investment brokerages, you know, where they're willing to lend you money, usually at an interest rate. And a margin call would be, for instance, if you had $10,000 in uh, cash that you invested in there, uh, you know, and in a brokerage, let's say like E-Trade would give you another $10,000. Uh, at an 11% interest rate that you have to pay back. And a margin would basically be where you invest in something. Uh, let's say you invest in a product, and the margin would basically be, you know, the bank's dividends and things like that that you invested in, like, or not bank, but rather the company's dividends would come back to you as well. So in other words, a margin is a way to increase your profits, but it's also a way... To, to double down. In other words, if you're having a bad time in the stock market, everything is going down, a margin is going to be doubly effective. Like it's going to make it even worse for you. And it's like I said, it's kind of like giving everything a little bit of an extra bump. So if you're doing well, it's going to make it really good. If you're doing bad, it's going to make it do really bad. Uh, so what's a margin call then? Well, a margin call is when basically you lose enough money on a stock that uh, you know, or, you know, maybe you owe the bank, you know, a certain percentage of money. Uh, you know, the bank has a way of determining, uh, you know, through their, you know, brokerage accounts, how much money you would need to pay them back. So, in other words, if, you know, you owe something when it gets to be a certain point in the stock market, a margin call will say, hey, you have to either put money in this account or we start selling whatever stocks you have to make up the difference. So, Margins are not for beginners, they're for people more advanced, um, as are things like penny stocks. Penny stocks are more advanced. I wouldn't even recommend buying a stock under $5, because although they are you know, very volatile and sometimes extremely profitable and extremely not profitable, buying a stock that is that low usually entails that there's something else going on with the value of it. So... Um, it could be that, you know, a stock was hugely successful and they're on their way to bankruptcy, you know, a company like Bed Bath & Beyond, you know, like where they were valued extremely well at one point, but then over time, you know, they're not able to pay back their investors and they're incurring more debts and basically the price of their stock crashes. It gets to the point where people will buy into it because it's cheaper, but, you know, even though it seems like a solid investment, you know, because, you know, it's a company that's well known. That doesn't mean it's going to make you any money. It could keep going down in value. Like I said, if it has too much debt or is facing bankruptcy or there's other factors at play. But I just want to say the rule of thumb is typically you don't want to buy 
a stock, even though it would be a full share of a company, uh, for you know a less less than five or ten dollar value. And the reason being is, like I said, is because the market is very volatile at that level. So, you know, it could go up or down extremely fast, and that could be good or bad. But it's very hard to make a profit, even day trading on something like that. Um, but like I said, what would be a safer bet would be to invest in a company in a, what's called a fractional share. So instead of buying a full share of, let's say, uh, Tesla, which would be you know moderately expensive, you know you could buy a fractional share, a very small piece of that share of a share. So in other words, you would have just a little tiny piece of the pie that can go up and down in value as well. Um, and there's even what are called index funds. You know, and ETFs as well, and things like that, where you can buy a group of stocks. You know, something in the United States like that would be a growth fund, a fund that you invest over a long period of time, but it's a group of stocks. So when you put money into it, it's invested in diverse types of funds. So that way it has a better chance of succeeding, but it's long term. It's not meant for someone who's going to profit off of it in a day or a week, or a month, or even a year, you have to hold on to it for a long time to see that growth, that interest. So you might say, well, what is interest? I keep mentioning interest. Well, and dividends and things like that. Well, think of it as like this. When you go to a bank and you open a savings account, you get a very small percentage of interest for having a savings account. So let's say it's 0.05% or a half of a percent of interest. For just having that money in your account, you get that added to you know, your bank account each year. And so the more money you have in that account, the more likely they're going to give you more money out of it. Having said all that, um, interest, you know, on the stock market can go up and up and down. But, you know, things like a savings account or a CD are solid. They're set in stone. That's what you get paid for them. So if a bank says this is what our CD rate is, it may not seem like it's very profitable, but it's stable. It's guaranteed to make you money. It's guaranteed to, you know, have that interest that paid on it, and it makes it safer. You know, it's something that's in the bank long term, and the bank will eventually, you know, like I said, pay an interest rate on it. But like a stock market, like I said, it has the opportunity to pay a higher interest rate. You have that ability to get more, uh, and like I said, the ability to get less as well. Okay. So that covers kind of all the basics you'll need to know about the stock market. Hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. Um, and thanks for listening. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. You already know how to reach me. You can reach me by my email. Um, I just wanted to say thank you guys for listening. And uh, thanks to everyone who checks out my uh, podcast. Don't forget to share this one with a friend.